Hey guys, want to support I Heart Old Town Orange and look good doing it? We've got fresh items to add a little zest to your day. Sprinkle in some flair to your Zoom meetings with a cute citrus coffee mug. Then get ready to snuggle up for your binge watch marathon in one of our super cozy and oh so adorable t-shirts. Visit our website at shop.iheartoldtownorange.com to see what's new and juicy. You can also find the link in our show notes. Thanks so much for tuning in and supporting iHeart. Well, there's a little old place called Old Town Orange. It's got old stories and got old stores. So why don't we sit down and talk a little history? So thank you again for joining us on the Circle in a Square podcast. We're here again with Peggy Calvert. And hopefully you all heard her first historical episode playing the ukulele for us, which was so beautiful. And if you didn't hear it, you definitely need to go back and listen to that episode. But today she's going to tell us a different story because Peggy happened to be in the very first class of El Medina High School, right? And that was in 1966. So Peggy, thank you again for being here. And I'm going to let you share a couple of super fun stories about that class. Kelly, thank you for inviting me to uh, hang out with your audience again. Um, I, I am always very proud to have been a Vanguard. And I can tell you a, a fun story about how actually this school got started and how it became Vanguard's. Um, in spring of 1966, uh, anybody who was going to go to El Medina largely was at Villa Park High School. And I hate to say those two words together, but uh, we we were sophomores at Villa Park High School. And Mr. Olds, who was a counselor at Villa Park, came to several of us and said, hey, you'll be going to the new high school in the fall. Would you like to be involved in helping create that school? And you know, nobody has to ask me twice, right? So I said, of course, right? I was how old? 16 years old, 15 years old. Um, and already I was the person who said, yes, I love to be involved in the middle of everything. Um, so I and Jake Ledesma, uh, a name that many will recognize, um, and several others were on like a steering committee and helped choose some basic um, uh, mascot names and colors, etc., and then created a ballot for anyone who would be attending El Medina to vote on. So those of us at Villa Park and at Orange who were going to come to El Medina got a chance to vote on the colors, etc. And some of the choices, I actually, you know, we knew it was going to be El Medina High School, and the only two choices that I remember, and I don't have a copy of the ballot, shame on me, because I saved everything else, believe me. Um, <laughs> the only thing I remember was that the color choices were black and gold was one set of colors and cardinal red and gold. And then there was some other set of colors that I don't even remember. Um, and then there was the choice of having a mascot called the Vaqueros or the vanguards and some other one that I don't remember. So, you know, all of us voted on this um, and the results were that the high school would be El Medina High School vanguards and people were like, what the heck is a vanguard? Well, a vanguard is the 
original flag bearer and group of people that go out front of the army when or any fighting force when they go into battle. So vanguards are leaders and vanguards are brave and vanguards set the tone for what happens next. And we thought that would be pretty cool to have a school mascot as a vanguard. And it was interpreted um, and, and it has been interpreted in several different ways over the years, but originally it was interpreted as a colonial Minuteman uh, with knee breeches and um, I don't know what kind of gun, which sounds horrendous right now, but at the time was viewed a little bit differently. Um, but that was the, the look of the mascot. So in the fall of 66, September 66, it's time to go to the new school. And if you were walking around the campus before school started, you would note that there was no grass and no trees and no lockers. And it was like pretty bare. And we're all kind of like going, wow, this really needs a lot of work. <laughs> but we started school um, at that point and there was no grass and no trees and no lockers. So that very first semester, we all had assigned an A period, which was kind of like a home room, so you could leave your stuff there instead of having to carry it all around. Now, this sounds totally stupid because none of us back then would have considered carrying a backpack because backpacks were for camping. Backpacks were not for carrying your school books. And I don't know why we never thought of that, but we never did. And we, I mean, every kid has a backpack now, right? We never yep. considered that. So, so we would like schlep our book to A period and you know, your next two classes and then you go upstairs to your A period or wherever your A period was and put those books down and get your next books or whatever. Um, all the time in this surrounding of dirt and not much else. Oh, dirt and rocks basically. Um, because the school start, started the way it did, there was no like cheerleading camp. There was none of that stuff. The football team was recruited from Orange and Villa Park players, and they had started practicing probably mid-summer. Um, but there were no cheerleaders until we got to school. And then they said, okay, anybody who wants to audition for cheerleader or song leader, here's what you do. You have to like get your routine together, and you come on this particular day at this particular time, and you will audition in front of a group of teachers. And then they will say who moves on to the next level, which is the, then you audition in front of the whole school. Well, if that isn't the most terrifying thing anybody's ever heard, I don't know what is, but I said, let me see. I really want to do this. How am I going to do this? I don't know any like cheer routines. I never went to cheer camp. I was a song leader at McPherson, which, you know, amounted to having like a cute little dress and not much else and just jumping around. Um, but I wanted to do this. So I said, okay, who do I know that knows a cheerleader? Ah, good. My best friend, Diane Moon, knew a cheerleader at Foothill. And he taught me a routine. We went to Diane's backyard. And I must have practiced that routine, I don't know, a million times. Um, and I practiced it so, so much. The first opening thing was you were supposed to, like, slap your hands on the sides of your thighs. I had huge bruises on my thighs because I 
like so <laughs> and I must have practiced really and truly a million times so okay so comes time to audition and you we we auditioned in the outdoor amphitheater and if you've ever been to El Medina you know it's just a pretty big wide open place um and there was a row of teachers in the first row and they had like little clipboards and the whole you know crazy judging kind of thing and we all got to audition and you could audition by yourself or you could audition with a partner and it didn't take me long to figure out that I was going to audition by myself because if the other person screwed up they wouldn't know if it was me that screwed up or them that screwed up and I was not going to have that happen so I decided to audition by myself and um, did my routine and I, I you can probably tell Kelly I have a pretty loud voice um, and, and it really it really boomed through that uh, amphitheater and I was moved up to the next level and got to audition in front of the whole school and it's way scarier of course to audition in front of your peers than it is to audition in front of teachers but um, I did the same thing I did it by myself and I am very grateful to have been elected to the first cheerleading squad at El Medina High School. And there were five of us at the time. And one of, them, one of them was a guy and his name was John Jones. And he was a talented cheerleader and, and he got elected head cheerleader. And it ticked me off basically because I think he was elected because he was the guy. And, <sighs> and even then, feminist roots were showing you know it's like right ah, and that is really nice. but whatever he was head cheerleader and that's the way it was and we moved forward and became um, responsible for school spirit and I um, you know one of my fondest uh, accomplishments in my whole life <laughs> is being recognized as the most school spirited in my senior class and you know they did those senior superlatives and they took a silly picture and it was and it was all great fun and you know school spirit to me is um it is really important it it says a lot about uh a, another community um a community of peers that then can make choices about how they conduct themselves on campus or off campus and and participate in in athletic competition or intellectual competitions etc but but i loved being in charge of school spirit and took it very seriously and we we did you know probably more seriously than i should have we did um we did have some really cool programs that first year or two one of them was called project stem and it wasn't what stem means now it was shrubs and trees for el medina and <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that cool? Um, we figured out that we we had to like plant grass because it was awful. It was dry and dusty and it was not pretty. And we really wanted to have grass. But first, there were lots of rocks in the soil. Because if you garden around here, you know this used to be a riverbed. There are rocks everywhere. So we had to figure out a way to get the rocks out. Well, we decided to have a spirit competition and each class would compete against the other classes. Well, that first year we only had juniors, sophomores, and freshmen. So we had three classes competing. And if you were a freshman, you picked up rocks and you piled them in that pile over there 
by the amphitheater or wherever. And if you were a junior, your pile was over here by the library. So we had this competition about who picked up the most rocks. And if that isn't the best way, it's sort of like, you know, Tom Sawyer getting his fence painted, right? He's like, oh yeah, this is cool. Let's do this. We all picked up rocks. We then were able to plant grass and plant trees and we did. And it was, it became a much, much prettier campus after we did that. So which so class won? It was an um, which you know what? I don't really remember. And I, okay. I guess if I look, I don't think it says in my yearbook, but I would like to assume that the juniors won, but I don't think we did. <laughs> but okay. Matter at this point, what matters is we, we did this, you know, really goofy thing that, that really created the beginning of school spirit and the attitudes about what our school was going to be like and the exciting parts, you know, that the first year we were in a league, I think, I don't remember what it was called. It was not the Crestview League. It was some little rinky dink league because we had very few students because we only had three classes. And then the second year we were part of the Crestview League and we competed against, against Orange High School. And that was really the first time that that we could say okay we had a crosstown rival here we did we did really well our first year in football and the second year we also did well we lost to villa park but we beat orange and we took great pride in that and believe it or not there was no stadium at el medina then the only thing that was at el medina at that point was a track at a very small visitors side um, bleachers that were like concrete bleachers. There was no, you know, big side, no press box, no restrooms, no snack bar, nothing. There was nothing there. So we played at Chapman College. It was a college then, not a university. Um, and this would have been fall of 67. And we played orange and we called Chapman University candlelight stadium because the lights were so bad um, but we beat them and there is a great picture in our 68 yearbook of how crazy it was after that game we, we took great pride in beating the Panthers oh, I and I was, I was not a cheerleader that year I was commissioner of pep because I moved out of being a cheerleader because I was a theater arts major and knew that if I yelled another year like I did that year, I would ruin my voice. So I became, I moved up to management and, uh, but I was still very active in, and part of the school's pep squad. So it was a pretty exciting time to be there, um, to really be creating what would come later. And we, we weren't obviously that aware of it. We were doing what we thought was good at the time, but I like to, um, I like to tell these stories, you know, to kids that are in El Medina, going to El Medina now. And I just found out a friend, um, a son's friend will also be going to El Medina. So that's another cool connection, but it's still my school. I still feel very strongly about it. Anybody who knows me knows that I went to El Medina and knows that it's still important to me, that I still volunteer there. I just got an email from the principal's um, secretary saying, Hey, we're going to do this freshman orientation thing. Could you like come up with some stories for us? And I'm like, oh, you bet. So I look forward to that. I love it. I know. I love to tell 
You can tell that. <laughs> I know. I can definitely see there's a running theme through your life of spirit, yep. pep, storytelling, happiness, and joy. <laughs> and it shines Absolutely. right through. My, my credo is not fun. I don't want to do it. I, that's a great credo. You know what? If more of us could just live by that, this world would be a much happier place as we sit in it right now. That's for sure. Oh, uh, well, thank, so. you. I think, thank you. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that the challenge is always figuring out a way to make things fun that aren't really fun. So, you know, we're, we're doing that right now. We're like, okay, we're going to make lemonade here some way, somehow. And what are we going to do about it? So everybody, yeah. everybody's doing that. And I, I'm glad they are. I hope that they feel successful about that because it's really, it, it shows a lot of, shows a lot of character, I think, um, to say yeah. this is all bad. What can we do to make things better? It really does. Agreed. Well, thank you so much for sharing another story with us. I do want to encourage anyone who's listening right now and might have a story to share about the history of Orange or something that happened that one day in Orange that nobody knows about. We are looking for guests. So reach out to us at I Heart Old Town Orange. We'd love to call you in right now and just share something about our amazing city that uh, the rest of us might like to hear out there. So thank you for being here, Peggy. Oh, my pleasure, Kelly. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. I will hopefully see you around the neighborhood. Well, there's a little place called Oaktown. Take care. It's got you too. Bye. Stores, Bye. So why don't we sit down and talk a little history? Looking for a place in Orange to call home sweet home? From quaint Old Town to beautiful Orange Park Acres, Orange Realty is here to help you find your dream house. Founded in 1949, Orange Realty is the longest established real estate office in Orange and happens to be the home of Dan Slater, who's not only the top producing realtor in the city, but also one of my personal friends. Dan and his staff are dedicated to providing potential homeowners with their personalized services and their extensive knowledge about this amazing community. Visit orangerealty.com today to start the exciting process of finding your forever home. That's orangerealty.com and the links are in our show notes.